Hello, hello, hello. I'm John, and this is the Animal Journal. Welcome to the first episode of the Animal Journal. What a momentous occasion this is. Today, we'll be covering the Japanese flying squid. But first, we have to feature our lovely sponsor. Welcome back! Alright, the Japanese flying squid, also known as the Japanese common squid, is a cephalopod with the scientific name. <sighs> Brace yourselves. Because, uh, you know, I don't speak Latin. And I will struggle with these names. So any Latin majors out there, free feel to let me know how bad I butchered this. Todaridis Pacificus. Uh, you know, a pretty good attempt, right? Uh, anyway, these squid are fairly similar to the average squid, you know. Eight tentacles, a mantle, which is that long tube-like structure. It's found above the eyes. And, um, you know, they're pretty common, like the name. And they are found in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, they have a very wide range that stretches from the icy waters of the Bering Strait and along the, you know, the west coast of Canada and, like, the east coast of Russia. And then, they, you know, they f have populations all the way down through the Sea of Japan, ending up around that south, uh, southern eastern Asia, you know, with uh, Vietnam and, uh, yeah. That area. You guys know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, just look it up. Uh, anyway, um... Uh, in the ocean, in the wide... You know, they're, they're, they live pretty much in the open ocean for most of their lives. And, um... In the ocean, they're not very dangerous, you know. And they're not... They don't... You know, they don't fight. They're pretty... Pretty docile. But, um... As, as larvae, they tend to... Uh, start off by eating, you know, small uh, phylo and zooplankton, and, you know, generally small creatures like that, but as they grow, uh, they'll eventually start eating small fish and crustaceans, and, uh, unfortunately, they also tend to eat their own kind. That's right, Japanese flying squid are cannibals, and, you know, it sucks, but... It, all throughout the animal kingdom, cannibalism is very common. So, I mean, it sucks, but what are you going to do about it? Um, you know, their population isn't too small, considering the fact that they eat themselves, or eat their kind. And because they're so common, they're often fished. Um, especially in those south, uh, southeastern countries. Japan is a big, uh, big fisher. Uh, Korea, China... And, you know, those other small, smaller countries. Um, but, uh, and, uh, it's, it's a lot. Even though it has been decreasing since in 1970s, which in 1975, there was uh, 715,000 tons. That's tons of squid. And all the way down to, uh, 194,000 in 2016. And, um, uh, and one of the bigger parts of the fish industry, or the fishing industry, is exporting these squid and other, you know, fish, tuna, stuff like that. 
And uh, it's funny because you guys, our dear listeners, might have listened, or not listened, sorry, might have eaten some squid because in the U.S., uh, Japanese flying squid is fairly used uh, because it's a big importer. The U.S. is a big importer of Japanese flying squid. Uh, Japanese flying squid, I'm going to keep saying, I want to see how many times I say Japanese flying squid in this episode. Anyway, uh, they usually live for about a year, which is, you know, it's not too bad, like, if you fish them, because they weren't going to live that long anyway. But um, they live for about a year because, you know, upon mating, unfortunately, they die. I mean, you know, it's kind of nice, you know, you can be like, in squid heaven, you'd be like, oh yeah, I died while mating. Which is I'm pretty sweet, and you leave a legacy, you know, you leave a child behind, or multiple children in this case, and it's pretty much a win-win. Except, you know, the fact that you die, but you know what? It's worth it. Um, and speaking of social behaviors, Japanese flying squid love to travel in groups. Uh, they're very social animals. Which, unfortunately, is a problem when it comes to researching them. Because, you know, these squid are, um, even though they're they're caught very easily, they we, we do not see a lot of their behaviors. Because when they're isolated, they are very, uh, you know, they get very nervous and tense. And it's very difficult to observe them in their natural habitat due to the sheer number of them in a, in a group. Um, I'm not sure of the exact number, but very, very large schools, or groups. Um, and, you know, uh, be, being in large groups helps uh, deter predators, and actually makes, you know, it, predators have a lot more difficulty catching a lot of them. Because, mo- like, if a predator picks off a few squid, it's not a huge deal, because... Like, the schools are so large, and, um, yeah, do you know what else helps them escape predators? You guessed it, their flight ability. This is probably why you watched the episode, I mean, flying squid, I mean, every other squid could be in groups and be fish, but flying? Mm Mm-mm, it's not very common. And these squid can do it, uh, and they are very good at it. The using their um uh, their secret is their propulsion system. You know they drop water into the uh, into a cavity and then they expel it really quickly. But they can propel themselves up into the air thirty meters. Thirty meters. That's as high as a nine-story building. I don't think you can jump to a nine-story building. Anyway. Uh, this is really amazing because the squid are so small. The, like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the squid are around 20 centimeters in length. And, yeah, 30 meters, 30 meters is around, you know, 150 times that. It's wild. And to put it in comparison, like to compare it to something... That is as if uh, a guy, you know, an average guy, you know, uh, 1.8, 1.9 meters, jumping 
300 meters into the air. That's like a guy jumping all the way to the top of Trump Tower with about 100 meters to spare. And yeah, guys, I'm sorry for using metric system, the metric system. But you know, the world uses the metric system. So, you know, also you're watching an animal podcast, so you're probably into science, and you would know that science, you know, use only uses the metric system. It's pretty much. And I guess if I put, the, put it into comparison, it's like a six-foot dude jumping 900 feet into the air. Anyway, let's get past that. Uh, it's uh, also, when they're in the air... They don't just come straight down. They what they do is they fan open their tentacles, which have really um, they have they, they they have webbing in between them, kind of like a duck's foot. You know how they have like that skin. I guess I I don't really know the anatomy of a duck, but they have that like webbing in between their um, their toes. It's kind of like that between their but they, between their tentacles. So when they fly up, they can kind of sail down. But the thing is, it's not casual sailing they can sail down very quickly i mean i believe it's around maybe 10 meters 11 meters per second which is uh pretty intense i mean uh i i kept seeing this on like different articles that i read but uh in the 2012 olympics usain bolt which is you know the fastest guy alive he ran 10 meters per second. So, you know, Squid, Usain Bolt, we, we see the winner here. Uh, they can, apparently, they can remain airborne for about 3 seconds, and they can cover a huge distance. And uh, what they do, especially when they're flying at really fast speeds, their, uh, their fins kind of fan open, like their back fins, and they can, they, I believe that they use them for, you know, uh, they can, um, kind of orient themselves and, um, adjust themselves in the air, kind of like a plane, and yeah, it's pretty interesting, especially the fact that they can do this at, when they're flying at really fast speeds, but yeah, flying squids is crazy, right? Like, imagine, because it's, they do this in groups, right? Like, huge groups. So imagine you're just a fisherman, you know, trying to catch some fish, and then you just see this giant wave of fish, just a giant wave of squid, sorry, just flying over the horizon. And you can just see all their, like, soft bodies, you know, flapping, I guess, in the wind. But it, it's intense, and, um, I wouldn't, I mean, I would not like to be, you know, under that, like, getting hit by a whole bunch of fish. A fish, sorry. A whole bunch of squid. I don't know why he keeps saying fish. I mean, to get hit by, like, imagine if they just, like, came onto your boat and just started, like, started just, like, berating or just assaulting your boat. That would be very scary. But, yeah. Flying squid. Pretty scary, right? Now, uh, alright, that's it. Giant Squid, you've been educated. Uh, thank you for watching the, uh, the first episode of the Animal Journal. 
I know it's a bit unprofessional, but I'm just kind of trying this whole podcast thing out. And uh, if you guys liked it, please tune in. I'm thinking about creating a new episode. Uh, I don't know when. Soon. Probably next week or so. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Bye. Thank you.